Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, and I am joined by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. Welcome, Brianna. And Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com. Welcome. I'm back! Yay, you're alive! I'm alive! <laughs> You guys killed me last week. People on Twitter were We were, were very unable concerned. to verify that you were still alive, Christina. We were, we were, uh, you know, like. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we had to pronounce you dead, yeah, and now we, it's we had to because we said you know? it on the show. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. You're feeling much better. Please send Good. my condolences to Grant. <laughs> no, just let him know he's fine without me. <laughs> Liar. I hardly. Yeah. Us. Uh, <laughs> How are we doing Sorry. this week? Ah, uh, I have sixty less dollars than I did before <laughs> okay, the so show started. Thank you. Can I talk Thank about you, how Simone much of a role I've been on with selling people things? It's not yes. my job, and yet here I am. I so many people want Assassin's Creed Syndicate because of me, and then on the other podcast today, we, we do a, a what we're playing section, um, and I uh, I took that that opening and I ran with it. Uh, I talked about Assassin's Creed Syndicate for probably like I don't. It was like a good 10 minutes on like the family friendly gaming podcast that I'm on. And I was just like, no, love this it. is my moment. I'm going to shine. I freaking love that game, you guys. That like I, I'm i done living because this I is the highlight. I have to say, Evie is pretty bloodthirsty. She'll get the cane and then the blades pop out and she'll just like stab the guy about the face and neck. Like stab, stab, stab. Those like, multi-kills kind of, yeah. are so brutal yeah. and they're yeah. so good. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it I is pretty brutal. The worst I was thing for- very lucky to get. Uh, I can't. I can't tell you anything about it. This is the first time I've really had a big game that's been embarked. But I do have a copy of Tomb Raider. Uh, nice. The very day it comes out, alongside the review, there will be a piece uh, in Polygon alongside that, written by me. Um, I can tell you, I'm interviewing a lot of the staff uh, that wrote the the Tomb Raider game, um, and I can't tell you anything about it. Uh, but I can tell you I'm playing it. So Freaking <laughs> I'm very awesome. excited about we know that. that. That is your yep. state. That is my state. Good. Christina, how are you? <laughs> I'm no longer sick, which is Yay. a very good thing. That's a very good thing. Um, I have some serious contouring going on on my um, cheekbones right now, which unfortunately <laughs> we can't see because we're not a video podcast, uh, which makes me sad because my cheekbones don't look this contoured every day. And uh, <laughs> that's a shame. You were um, so cute in your Apple TV review, by the way. Yeah. Know, so thank you for saying that. I really liked the Fender T-shirt. Uh, I thought that that was a cute uh, addition to like do the whole uh, living room thing. I Heck was just yeah. like, this is what I wear in my living room. This is what. So, you know. oh, so there was a moment this week on Facebook where I saw something and I read it and I blinked that you posted and I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm gonna have to ask Christina about it on the show. So there's a picture of you wearing a wedding dress. Yes, that someone else is using. People were asking to use the picture of you in a wedding no. dress as no, 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 what? No, no, no. I didn't no, no, understand no, no. this. No, they didn't yes. ask. They, okay, they are I need using to understand the story. Photos. I'm being ca- I, people are using my photo. So this is not an uncommon thing. This is weird and messed up. Um, unfortunately, there are people who are using my photos on dating websites and on Facebook. And um, the dating websites thing I'm, I'm working on, I'm trying to actually catfish the catfishers. So that's an ongoing project. Uh, awesome. Because, yeah, no, it, it, and if it works out the way I want it to work out, it'll work out really well. But um, no, somebody on Instagram said, hey, this person sent me a Facebook friend bequest and this photo was their profile photo. And I just thought you should know. 
That is so and, fucking weird. Which is messed up. The photo from of, of me from my wedding, right? Like of all photos to steal and like use as your avatar. And then when I posted that on Facebook, uh, a friend of mine immediately IMs me and she's like, so you know I've received like three friend requests from people who use your photo in like the last <laughs> six months and they're clearly not you because you and I are friends and then and it doesn't have your name and then the request will go away. Um, so I'm a little weirded out by the fact that clearly like I I guess maybe my, my photos come up well in, in search results. I don't know. I, I don't get it. It just seems it's it's gross and creepy that someone's going to use like a selfie you took on your wedding day like on Instagram and like use that yeah. as their Facebook avatar. Like that's screwed yeah. up. And, oh, so, and I'm very, very creepy. And so I'm very thankful to the person who like informed me of that because like, hey, that's nice of you to like realize I don't think that this is this person, but it's gross and weird. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Did they drop the name of the, the person who's using your phone? I mean, I guess it would be a fake name, but any email addresses tied to that account or anything? No, I don't know. I mean, she, she gave me the username. I haven't really yeah. looked that, that into it or anything. And, and I, I like didn't um, keep that on. Yeah. Um, like I, I blurred that out from my Facebook thing. Cause I didn't yeah. want yeah. you know people to know, but yeah, that's really uncomfortable. I mean, I have people that start uh, accounts like uh, under my name with my picture and then they'll like tweet like pro ISIS stuff. Right. <laughs> and I have like, that happening all the time, stuff like that. But that's different. I would feel really, really, you know, that's the stuff they're doing to me. It's like, you know, flimsy, transparent attempts to, you know, like harm my reputation. What they're doing to you. That's, that's straight out creepy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Ugh. I don't exactly. even know. No, I mean, the fact when I've seen like photos of myself, like on someone's like dating profile and like they're, writing clearly pretending to be not me because they're not using my name and they live in a different state but like clearly using my photos and and then creating this persona around those photos it's weird and it's gross and i i i don't know like i've got to try to catfish the catfishers back and so i've been trying to like think about how to do that apparently one of the profiles that that is relatively active um has me pegged at 27 so i'm younger yeah that's hey. a plus um and, and and i'm bisexual so that's a good thing too so um <laughs> that's awesome it is awesome but it, it's but also creepy but also i'm married <laughs> and we both we all know that the person who maintains that profile is almost a is almost guaranteed a dude so um it just i can just tell by the way the language is written and it's yeah. just it's yeah so i'm trying to think of the best way to try to catfish that person like i don't know if i need to create like another girl profile if i need to create a guy profile or what um or, or both my ideal thing would be to try to get them in a skype conversation where they're like oh i don't have to see your face and then just show them my face and then like try to capture the response but we'll see you know this would be like a hyper viral mashable piece if like you you got this to work right uh, let's, let's yeah. be very serious I'm, I'm i'm sharing this publicly on a podcast that a lot of people listen to so i'm actively wanting to do this but if i had it my way this would be much bigger than a mashable piece like i would like cool. i would like to reach out to mtv and actually like you know because they do catfish like i would actually like to read out reach out to like ne uh, neve and like the other guy and be like hey help me with this i think that would be amazing yeah very helpful <laughs> There was an interesting NPR piece I was listening to ooh, a long time ago about people who impersonate or who pretend to have cancer online and why they do yeah. that. Yeah. Just the, I guess the having nothing else in your life and wanting to be part of something important and get a lot of pity from people. Although obviously with you, it's not <laughs> the same. 
<laughs> I I have a quick story about that, and then we'll get to the show. But this is this is one of my very best stories, and I tried to tell this on Isometric, and Steve cut it because it was uncomfortable. But I know you you two won't <laughs> oh judge boy. me. I'm settling. You in. two won't judge me for this. So there was a girl uh, I went to college with that was a habitual liar. Uh, she 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 was very unhappy with her life. You know, she went and got a degree, and it just didn't work out for her. And she kind of had um you know, not a great job in Mississippi and uh, her life just wasn't going anywhere. So, um, you know, at first she started like inventing fake miscarriages on live journal for like sympathy. Like, which is, you know, it, it was so obvious the way she was doing it and just trying to get more and more attention. And eventually this culminated with her creating a fake boyfriend from a picture of a Honda motorcycle model oh. and saying she was she was married to it. And like it's with all of our mutual friends were going like, why is she doing this? This is so obviously, you know, like the Honda motorcycle model is not gonna, you know, like get engaged to this girl in Mississippi. So she keeps pushing it and then keeps making up fake miscarriages and all of that. And then she starts like making up fake uh, Facebook profiles for him. And I finally get to the point where I'm like you know what? This is on. This is on. So then I made up my own Twitter profile for her fake fiance's (gasps) fake brother, Otto. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then I went through. I friended all of our mutual friends, and I would would write statuses like, oh, going out drinking and partying, club with my, you know, with my my brother, Hope, you know, and, like, all of this is just raising it. And the reason I did this, like, it was really getting to a point where it's like, there's no way to call her on her stuff and, like, bring her back to reality. And this was the best way I could think of to kind of go, like, we're on to you. Yeah. And, you know, it it stopped after that. So, yeah, that is my story. It got too um, real for her. It got too real for her. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that ridiculous? insane. Well, there there you go, Christina. There's your strategy. Brianna is your catfishing (laughs) expert. Otto. Otto. I'm sorry, Otto. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, shall we get into your Apple TV review? Let's do it. Does I don't know has- what that voice was. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, have either of you played I with like the Apple it. TV? No, no I haven't waiting. had a chance to yet. I'm it's waiting. Really good. You My have life to say is about death it and dying. And but I hear the text is not good. I mean, just tell us all about it. No, yeah. okay, look, look, text entry, which fortunately you don't have to do a ton of because Siri is so freaking awesome, is a pain in the butt. But I guess just to give a little TLDR overview, um, it's great. I mean, I have every single um, streaming box of every single one. And I think it is the best one available uh, for, for, for streaming stuff. It's really, really good. And when we talked about the Apple TV, like before, you know, I was kind of like... I, you know, hesitant about like how good the gaming would be and other stuff. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm still not sold that that's going to be like this big killer feature. Although there have been a couple of, you know, um, articles on Polygon and the verge and some other places that have been like, I'm actually rethinking gaming. The gaming might be better than than we think. And I think that's certainly fair. Um, but for me, you know, um, the, the streaming experience is just really top notch. So, um, to get into, uh, just kind of get into it, you know, the whole idea is that apps are channel, uh, the, the channels are dead and it's all about apps. Um, but the big thing that has been uh, really kind of a problem with all these set-top boxes over the years has been that, um, you know, 
you subscribe to Netflix, you subscribe to Hulu, you might have iTunes mm-hmm. stuff, you might have things on, on YouTube, you might have things, you know, on, on, you know, on HBO and other services. And it's like, okay, I want to find all of, I, I want to search for something, but I don't want to have to search across every single service. And yeah. and in fact, there's even a website like canistreamit.com um, <laughs> um, it, that, that'll like let you know like where you can stream something. And universal search stuff across multiple services is something that a bunch of people are trying to do. So Roku does an okay job. Uh, they do um, a, a pretty good job. If, if you do it from their main search menu, um, you can search across um, the various different services that are available. And if, if you search for Scandal, you know it'll show you that seasons one through four are available on Amazon and on Hulu and on Netflix. And season five is available on um, Hulu. And uh, you can buy episodes from whatever services. Mm-hmm. And if you were to search, you know, for uh, a movie like Mission Impossible, you could find out that you could buy it or rent it from this place and you can watch it. Uh, I think it's on HBO right now or or maybe it's on Netflix, one or the other. And, uh, you know, that that works pretty well. Uh, TiVo actually has a very good universal search. And and uh, until Roku, there there's probably kind of one of the best um, but the problem with all those universal searches is, A, you usually have to go to one specific search entry. And and two, once you're in another app, if you want to search for something, you've got to leave that app and then go back to your kind of main search thing. So it's kind of a pain. Um, voice search, which Amazon first introduced with the Fire TV, and they were the first to really do it, uh, works pretty well on, on uh, for, for Amazon stuff. So if you're an Amazon subscriber and you want to like look up things on Amazon – it works pretty well. They're adding support to more services and to search, you know, also be able to use voice search to find things on HBO and Hulu. But you can't use that voice search if you're inside those apps. So you've got to do it again from the main interface. Where Apple TV is really great is that their universal search, first of all, for right now, and it's going to expand in the future, and they have an API, but for right now, it'll search across HBO, Hulu, um, Netflix, Showtime, and uh, I think... Um, and of course, the iTunes stuff. So it, oh, yeah. it searches across um, most of the major content providers. It doesn't do like watch ESPN or watch ABC, which is a little frustrating because, again, with the Scandal example, there are some episodes of Scandal from season five that you can see on watch ABC that you can't get um, from a Hulu, for example. But um, they've got an API. They're going to more people are going to integrate into it. And out of the box, the fact that I can say show me all Tom Cruise movies on Netflix is really good oh, or mm-hmm. and it works remarkably well or show me all, you know, funny movies on Hulu. Can or, you still use Siri to search like within those apps when you're yes. inside the app? Okay. That, okay. And that's so. and, and and what's genius too is that Siri now will also work with other apps. So if I'm inside the Hulu app, I can say show me the episode of Friends um, with Julia Roberts and it'll take me out of the Hulu app and take me into where Friends is and then show me Hey, this episode is available on iTunes, but since you're a Netflix subscriber and you've got that installed, here's the episode right here. Thank you, Apple so, TV. <laughs> um, and, and so, if, and, and that's the great thing too. Siri is really good when it comes to not just like doing voice searches, like you know, take me to my so-called life um, on Hulu. Although you can do that, or, or show me Dawson's Creek, or show me the OC. Um, it'll also let you do things like show me the series finale of Gossip Girl, or um, show me, you know season four episode two of sex in the city or mm-hmm. you know to use the friends example again because that has really good metadata you know show me you know the episode with brad pitt um and it'll take you directly there and so the more metadata it has on a program the better um and that works really well and 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 the fact that you can get granular that i can literally say show me all tom cruise movies on netflix and then i find out that vanilla sky which to me is like one of the most underrated but best films um out there and and certainly 
like legitimately probably my favorite movie soundtrack <laughs> ever um i can like then immediately watch it so that's really cool or but, but the fact that you can specify what app you want to go into mm-hmm. i think okay. really makes it good like i can say show me the affair on showtime you know yeah show me tv shows starring dave foley you know and it'll it'll bring them all up to you um and so, you know, the voice search is tremendous. It's so good. It's best in class. Uh, other people have tried to do it. They're doing it better. That comes with the one downside of the Apple TV, which is text entry, which is atrocious. Um, it's actually worse <laughs> than it was on the old Apple TV. Ooh. The old Apple TV would let you do a couple of things. One, it had the more traditional grid system where you had the letters on multiple um, rows. So how the entry on the current Apple TV works, and I actually wrote a, a mashable thing about like the single worst feature of the Apple TV, which included a video of me, of me, it took one minute and I wasn't uh, it's screen capture. I wasn't trying to go slow. I was genuinely going like normal pace, typing out, this is bullshit. And it took me <laughs> a minute and three seconds to do that. Um, because all the letters are on one solid um, line. And mm-hmm. so where this is problematic, if you're just doing a search for something, you can obviously use Siri, and that's great. So my example of searching for this is bull was a little bit of a cheat because I could have just said that into Siri. And, and Siri actually, uh, in fairness, does recognize explicit uh, words and content. So if there's, which is a good thing, right? Like you can turn that on in the settings, but you can make sure that Siri, uh, you know, if you don't have restrictions set, Siri will recognize curse words, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, these are important things to know. And these are, I mean, look, I, I test all of my talking to devices by telling it to to shut the bleep up. And um, most of them work pretty well. But, it, but you know, there's, when you're talking about a lot of video content you know you might have something that has a a bad word in it and Mm -hmm. and so you want to find that but um the downside is that as good as the search stuff does it doesn't work when it comes to entering in your login information that's the one big pain in the ass of the apple tv setting it up if you um have an iphone um or or an ipad uh running ios 9.2 or 9.1 rather or higher um It'll do the the pairing. You can pair it through Bluetooth and, and set up your Wi-Fi stuff and your iTunes stuff super quick over over the Apple TV. Like before you even set it up, like literally you plug it in, you just uh, it'll it'll pair to Bluetooth and, and it'll transfer over your credentials for your iTunes, your iCloud, and your Wi-Fi stuff, and that's great. But then when you open up the Netflix app, when you open up the Hulu app, when you open up the Watch ABC app, when you open up the Watch ESPN <laughs> app, when you open you have up to log into all of them, every single one, and not only that. Oh, that sounds atrocious. It is atrocious. It's two things. One, some of them will actually let you log in with your username and password. Like that's how Netflix will do it. Some of them make you go to a website on your phone or on your computer and type in a code and then log in with your cable ID and then wait for it to pair. Regardless, the process is ridiculously time consuming and it's a total pain in the ass. Um, the good news is you usually don't have to do that once. The bad news is um, because text entry is so mind numbingly bad. Um, if you have to enter in, you know, the same username and password a bunch of times, this is my big complaint with it. Not so much even that I have to enter in a username and password and that that sucks, but that for instance, as a cable subscriber, I have to log into the FX now app, the F the, the Fox now app, the NBC app, the, um, uh, watch ESPN app, you know, the watch ABC app. I have to watch, I log into all these things. They're all going to get my cable company credentials. Rather than being able to just associate it with my cable company ID and then let that authenticate to all those places, same Mm -hmm. thing with Showtime and HBO, I've got to do it every single time. 
And I didn't realize how far away all the letters on Christina are until (laughs) I had to like swipe back and forth um, with the remote. And the remote is excellent. So the remote has a a touch uh, pad. It's fantastic. It's like a glass trackpad, the same technology that they use on the MacBooks. So if you've you've ever used, you know, an Apple, you know, MacBook trackpad, one of their glass trackpads, you know how great it feels. The faster you move across, the better. Um, It's Bluetooth based rather than IR, um, although it can control the audio on your TV or receiver through IR. Um, Even though it's Bluetooth based and I've had with some Bluetooth keyboard uh, remotes in the past, I've had latency. I've been using the Apple TV. Um, It'll be two weeks on Friday and I haven't noticed any latency at all. It's super responsive. It's super fast. It's it's really good. So even with though that trackpad, it'll make it kind of easy to swipe back and forth. If you've got to type in the same stuff over and over again, mm-hmm. it gets old fast. And so I do oh. wish like, let me you know, dictate my, my username and password to you. Um, it has but a is recent, there no, is there no like Apple TV remote app? Well, like there is on the old model. <laughs> no, it yeah. has updated. I, I really rely on that. I, I do too. And no, they have not updated it. And it was funny. Why I was like, on earth? I, well, wow. I've asked, I asked them and I got no response. Jason Snell asked them at the Apple event, um, I guess, uh, in, in, uh, in September. And he was told, he said, oh, well, are you going to update the Apple TV remote app? And they said no. Now, whether that was you know, an, an official no or, or like end of story no, who knows? But they told him no. They have not responded to me. They have not responded to, uh, to, to, to Susie from, from Macworld when she asked for, for comment. It doesn't look like it's going to get an update. More than that, you can't pair it with Bluetooth. Um, I've, I've actually heard conflicting reports on that. I haven't been able to, blair, to, to pair it with Bluetooth. I've seen some people in comments claiming that you can. Um, like a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, And so, you know, the voice search is so good that honestly you could get away with just dictating in your username and password that way, but it doesn't let you do that. So, I mean, I hate to like make such a big deal about how terrible text entry is because it is a minor part of the system. Once you're logged into your apps, um, you don't have to do it again. And then the voice search is tremendous. But getting to that level... Is, frustrating. It is. It is frustrating. Um, and and it it is the one downside to what I think is overall just a tremendous tremendous product. Is it the future of TV? Eh, probably not. But I don't know if it has to be. It's certainly the best set top box on the market, and I'm putting that directly against the Roku Four and um, the Amazon Fire TV Two, both of which are are um, uh, you know less expensive and support 4K, but frankly aren't as powerful in terms of the stuff they can do. Talking to your TV feels so natural when it works well and when it's effortless, and it's the first Siri experience I've had where. I truly feel like it catches everything I'm saying and I feel like it's conversational and it's one of those things where you can lose yourself talking to the TV. There's a great feature where it works with a lot of the apps. I mean, it's up to how the different closed captioning providers support it, but you can say, what did he say or what did she say? And it will back up 10 seconds, turn on um, closed captioning, replay the scene and then turn closed captioning off. Oh, thanks. So, so, so you, you know, because how many times when you're watching something, you miss something like what someone says, like, wait, what did they say? And mm-hmm. just immediately go back 10 seconds, have the closed captioning turned on while it re- replays that part. And then the closed captioning will turn off again is awesome. I mean, that sounds great. I'm just like trying to imagine like 
trying to dictate something like Azumanga Dayo. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it could catch that, frankly. And before we go on, I'm going to let everyone know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add a similar experience in your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experiences to your own app. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types that your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. It is with you across all platforms with superior fraud protection and their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com rocket. Thank you so much, Braintree, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket on Rocket FM. I mean, Relay FM on Relay FM. (laughs) No, Rocket FM. Rocket (laughs) FM, I like that. I love the way you growled that, Simone. Can (sighs) you do that again? (sighs) Rocket FM. Rocket FM. (laughs) Stephen was like, there's too much paperwork for us to change the name of the network. Sorry, it's locked in stone. So now, obviously, I I think I have to, like, raise a coup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. We should should overthrow the network. <laughs> We're uh, definitely not going to do it, guys. I meant not overthrow the yeah, network. I misspoke. Yeah, mis- I'm sorry. You, you tripped I'm over sorry. your words there. No, I was going to um, say overthrow but, the network. What? No. Yeah, right. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, Christine, I love, I love, love, love my Apple TV. Like, we don't have cable at my house. Like, Apple TV is all we have. Um, well, except you. for, you know, PlayStation. But, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, I mean, is the game feature good enough? Like, other than Siri working, like, what are the reasons I should go out and spend, you know, between $150 to $200 on an Apple TV? Like, is this is this worth going out and getting if I already have, you know, three Apple TVs? Uh, I don't know if I would buy three, but I would definitely buy <laughs> one. Um, because I, I, I do think that the, the um, search experience is so much better. I think the universal experience is so much better. I, I think that you can see, even though they're not doing recommendations yet, I can see that they might bring that into the into play. Uh, for instance, you can say, you know, show me, you know, bad movies. Show me good movies. <laughs> show me popular things. And it'll do that based on Rotten Tomatoes data, right? Which I've is really useful. I've always wanted machines to, to curate things, media for me. Well, because that's one of the big struggles, right? I mean, one of the, the to me, the biggest problem with a lot of this stuff is that we have so much content out there. It's hard to find the stuff you want, first of all, especially across different services. And then sometimes you just want to find something to watch and you don't want to have to dig through everything. So just being able to talk to it and see, like, show me funny movies. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. good. And, and the fact that you can even specify, like, if you don't want to pay for it, like, show me funny movies on Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. um, show me new movies, show me new releases, you know, like that. I think that's that's valuable. The gaming feature, you know, I haven't had enough time to play with enough of the games to really see what they're doing. But I feel like 
to really like give like a, 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 a hardcore like you know, from my perspective of, of, of a former gamer who still likes to play games and, and, and is very firmly in the casual gaming camp, but, but enjoys games and enjoys iOS games. You know, I haven't been able to go kind of uh, hardcore into that experience yet, but I feel like, and I haven't used the Steelcase um, uh, controller yet. I've just used the Apple TV controller. Um, but I mean, honestly, like Asphalt 8 was really fun. You know, a lot of these games mm-hmm. are really fun and, and the graphics are really good. Um, again, they're not going to be, you know, Xbox or PlayStation quality, but that's not really where they're going. I like yeah. that um, Crossy Road, really fun on the Apple TV. There's some of these games that are <laughs> just... Oh, did you do the, the multiplayer with Grant? Or? I did. Yes, I did. Okay, cool. And it was And it was really fun because you can use, you know, phones as remotes um, for a lot of these games too, which which is really cool, you know? And, and, and the accelerometer and the, and, and the gyroscope feature, you know, there's this game Beat Sports, which is basically Wii Sports meets um, mm-hmm. Rock Band. And it's um, it, it's fun, you know? It, and, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, I like the idea of being able to bring more of that stuff to the Apple TV. It's still really early. I like the fact that one of my favorite games, uh, party games for the Apple, for the existing Apple TV called a sketch party TV um, that Matt Braun makes. It's Pictionary, basically. It's worked on the old Apple TV where you could airplay it. But the new one, you know, they've got an Apple TV app. And so, you know, you load up the app and and, and uh, if you've already, you know, bought it on your phone or your iPad, then it's it's already available. And, you know, you get a clue and you draw on your phone or on your iPad and it shows up on the Apple TV. And, um, you know, the whole kind of it's a really good party game. I can see trivia games, you know, coming that way. I would love to see like you know, you don't know Jack or something like that to kind of get like a party revival of sorts. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's, that, that there's a lot of potential for the living room for these types of games. And then I think there's potential for other types of apps too. Like, I'm not into QVC, but the QVC app is really impressive because what it, it does two things. One, it shows you the live TV stream. So you can actually watch the live QVC stream in the app, which is cool. But then you can actually go and see what products have been offered both during that section and beforehand in like the same kind of window and, and actually take a look at what they are. And then if you want to order something, you can order it directly from the app. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Airbnb app lets you kind of take tours of, you know, different places. And if you want to book a stay, you can do that. The same with Zillow. You know, you can get more information about real estate. There are exercise apps. And and this isn't new, you know, to um, set-top boxes, but it is cool to have, um, you know, exercise sorts of content there. And I feel like... Without because, having to switch to another device. It's right. just all and there. I, it is all there. And I think that what makes it better than the old Apple TV, which certainly people had made workarounds to do, because there is this SDK... Mm-hmm. Because there are APIs, people are able to build things for this platform. And so I, you know, whether it ends up being, you know, a hit or a miss is going to depend on the apps. But I feel like Apple is at least doing a lot, uh, maybe not for, for as much as some of the game makers would want. And maybe there's some limitations still with how some of their web views work. But I feel like, you know, talking to, to a lot of developers, as, as I have over the last two weeks, people are really excited about the potential for building stuff for this platform. And that's exciting because I feel like... Just because I do feel like there are going to be games like Sketch Party TV. There are going to be experiences that are going to be better on the big screen. Um, and I feel like when we start seeing stuff built first and foremost for the Apple TV mm-hmm. and not for, you know, iPhone and then ported to Apple TV, it'll be special. I mean, case in point, Mashable has an Apple TV app and it literally is just 
you know, access to all of our videos. And oh. but we've got it set up in different ways. And so it's it's not like you're reading Mashable articles, but we put out a lot of really good video content. And so it's a great yeah, way too. to search through all of our videos and see all of our stuff in series and see different things. And that's really cool, you know? And 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 it uses all the native, you know, Apple TV design language Wait, stuff. Wait, is this only on the new one? All, yeah. Only on the new Apple TV? It's yeah, because I'm like, I don't remember seeing that icon no, before. Be, well, so, that's because yeah. you, they couldn't make it for the old one, right? The old one, huh. if you wanted to make an app, you had to be a special partner. You know, you had that's to be... That's really interesting. You had to be led yeah. into the fold. So this is a way where like, Mashable can have an Apple TV app or unknown, you know, play person can have an Apple TV app. You know, Crunchyroll should have an <laughs> Apple TV app. You know what I'm saying? Like that that should be a thing that they, <gasps> that they, they do. they they're missing out. Well, they yeah, should be the building other, one. The so, other day I was going into Apple's, you know, podcast app on my old Apple TV. And I saw that right there they'd uh, you know, featured a bunch of Polygon videos with a lot of my friends that work at Polygon. And I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. And that would be like if there were an actual app, like app or a, a box or a channel on my TV to go there and just see mm-hmm. like all of Danielle's new videos for that week. You know, I would 100% go there, right? Right. So, wow. Like, so Polygon, really cool. so, so, so that makes a lot so of sense. Because then so essentially Polygon you should can build turn that. your web broadcasting into something that people then watch in a playlist on their TV, yeah. which is yeah. very attractive to me personally. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, and then Apple Music is on there too. It doesn't have the Siri integration fully yet, but but it, but it's going to be getting it. And Apple Music mm-hmm. is good on the TV. You know, I hope that Spotify will consider bringing their app over and that Apple will approve it. You know, um, yeah. there's really nothing stopping other people from doing it. The Plex already has an app on the Apple TV. There's SimpleX, which is a, a Plex client, a third-party client, and then there's the official Plex app. Um, I think it costs money to get all the features unlocked if you're not a Plex Pass subscriber, uh, which I am. But um, you know, Plex, of course, um, you are. I have, of course, I am because uh, I subscribe to whatever. <laughs> I subscribe to everything. Yeah. I do. No, but Plex is cool because this is one of the first times where there's been an official support for Plex on Apple TV. People have figured out workarounds on the old one and kind of figured out a way to kind of like airplay stuff and kind of get mm-hmm. it working. But it was it was a hackneyed workaround. So like if you're like me and I have a tremendous amount of media on our Synology NAS that, that's in our office, you know, we've got a ton of content on there. And um, frankly, I want to be able to watch it on my Apple TV and I want to be able to have um, access to, you know, all of that stuff. And the fact that there's an app now that's beautiful and really well designed the same way, way I could do it on Roku or on um you know, my Fire TV is really good. And in fact, it's a better experience than even on those platforms. And then my and the hope is that once Apple opens fully opens up the, the, the Siri search API stuff for the universal search, you know, it'll be able to integrate that way too. And that would be really cool for me for me to be able to go show me Dawson's Creek and not just get, you know, the Apple TV stuff that I would buy that doesn't have the original music, but I would get all of my ripped episodes with the original music you know, from my Plex account. Like, that would be really cool, right? I'm just flashing back. Recently, we tried to rewatch parts of Queer as Folk and the the freaking prom scene, the iconic prom scene with Brian yeah. and Justin that they replaced Save the Last Dance for me on is like a travesty. It It is a, it is a crime. It, I, anyway, so, it, yes. It, 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 Showtime replaced it? Like, in Showtime Anytime, they, 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 they replaced that? On Netflix. That? Uh, oh, on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. They, had okay. To, they uh, didn't have the license for it. So it, it would be interesting to see if, if uh, they replaced the music on, on Showtime or not. But, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I want to pop back to the gaming for a little bit because yeah. I've been following Dave Tack's um, articles on it on the Apple TV on Polygon. And he, I, I'm still skeptical about the impact that the Apple TV will have on gaming um, as a whole, but he did make a really good point about how it is 
at a price point that's comparable to the original Wii and has those simple motion controls that are easy for people who don't play games with a controller to understand. And he also mentioned that he has been choosing to not use the Nimbus more often than not when he plays games. So I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm not quite warming up to the idea that this is going to open gaming up to people who have have never played on a TV before. However, I, I do think that that is, it's in an important place where, you know, the Wii U did not succeed as a follow-up to the Wii. Right. And there is currently nothing, like, Connect has failed, Move yep. is, uh, whatever. Um, and it, it has the audience that the Connect never had because it's an Apple device and people who are already in that ecosystem are interested in it. So I do think that we could possibly see some interesting motion games. Uh, and I, I, I do love I, that kind of gaming, I, so I have hope. Uh, uh, I, uh, the developer me says, hold on just a little <laughs> bit. I mean, you know, there there are ways around it, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little more complex. I mean, the the potential being there for it doesn't obviate all of these tremendous hurdles that are, are there for developers to mm-hmm. really in terms put of out working product. with TVOS. Well, um, yeah, the problem is, as of right now, you know, Unreal and Unity don't work with these 200, you know, uh, megabyte chunks to, like, update load data. So you're stuck with Apple's tools. And, you know, the truth is, like, I can sit there and, you know, if I'm making a Nintendo game, um, you know, on their consoles, it's going to work with certain middleware that's, like, specially made, Um you know, if I'm trying to get something on Apple TV, really the best way to do it is going to be to use Apple's native co- tools, Xcode. And, you know, their 3D frameworks are frankly baby talk, you know. <laughs> so um, it's it's a little more complicated. That's all I'm saying. All right, that's so, fair. Yeah. It is interesting the way like Gameloft is, is obviously worked with it, you know, with Asphalt, whereas, you know, you download the game and then um, as soon as you open it up, it has to download all the other stuff, you know. Uh, so yeah, so just I mean, like you, a PlayStation, exactly <laughs> like a PlayStation. It, it is. It's one of those things where it's sort of annoying. I do wish that they had the option where it could just be like, "Look, I have enough space on this thing. I have the, you know, sixty-four gigabyte version, and I'm I'm not bandwidth constrained. Download all of it." But that's, that's not the case. That's why I was going to ask you, Christina. Like, is it, in your opinion, worth it to get that two hundred dollar model? Because if you're streaming in and out, I don't really you, see the point. You know what? I don't. I'm going to actually go against what I usually ad- advise. And and I was telling everybody beforehand, before I actually got to use it and spend time with it, I said, oh, yeah, you know, get the 64 gig version. You never know. And that still, I think, is a fair point in the fact that we don't maybe know, like, what they might eventually let you do uh, down the line. But since they don't let you have a lot of granular control over um, how caching is done – um, and you you control what apps are installed, and you can you can manage storage that way manually. But since there's not a lot of granular control over how you know they're they're storing stuff, um, I don't know if the fifty dollar premium to go from thirty two to sixty four is necessary. I feel like most people, and by most, I'd probably mean ninety to ninety five percent of people would be completely fine with a thirty two gigabyte version um, for the long haul. And I, I also feel like at this point. You know, by the time you're at the, the platform, might be at a place where you need more than 32 gigabytes. There will probably be another advancement in the Apple TV, whether it's through processor or 4K or, or GPU or whatever, that would necessitate an upgrade before you get to the point that you're actually going to need more than the more than the 32 gig just to go to 64. If that makes sense, I think most people would be fine with with the most people. I would have honestly been fine with the with the 32 gig version. I got the 64 gig myself um, because 
I'm Christina. You know, I'm Cena. Because you're you. Because Christina's going to get the best. Because Christina's going to spend the most. You're not going to use that that 32 gig version like a filthy casual, right? Look, I buy the the biggest storage capacity of anything I can. And that's just the way I've always done it. But if I'm being totally honest, like, and this was probably one case where I could have saved 50 bucks. And and frankly, yeah, save fifty dollars and put it towards you know either um, a subscription st- streaming service that you want to do or buying games or other, other apps or movies or something. You know, I think that would be for most people a much better much better uh, um, play. I, I mean, the the truth of the matter is, you know, the old Apple TV had eight gigabytes of storage that you couldn't really access and that was just there mostly as cash. So going to thirty two is a really big uh, improvement and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that most people will be fine with 32. I mean, you would have to have like every single app that's there installed and need to have access to it at once. I think for it to even approach a, a point where where you know, and and that's just not Siri, just, open everything exactly, and that's just not going to be one of those things people need. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I'd say spend the hundred fifty dollars, put the fifty dollars towards something else, unless you're like me and you just enjoy, you know, yeah, spending more money for no reason. So I wanted to actually, I mean, we should probably move on actually, but I wanted to briefly touch on Amazon not being on the Apple TV and yeah. then Amazon, the website, removing Apple TV from its stores. Which big And Chromecast, yeah. by the way. Yeah, that, and the Chromecast they, too, yeah. They, they did that a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's interesting because I've talked to Amazon um, – it was off record, but at this point, enough time has passed. I feel comfortable sharing. I won't talk, say who I spoke with, but I spoke with high-ranking people at Amazon about why they weren't on Apple TV. And and most recent conversation about that was about a year ago. And even a year ago, and this was after they were very well into the Fire TV stuff, it was clear that they still understood that being on iOS for the, the prime instant um, was an important thing to be. It, it mm-hmm. was, was important because um, Amazon is – they're similar and they're different from Netflix because Netflix has a uh, kind of a, a policy of wanting to be on almost everything. They've become more selective over time because they can be, but they gained kind of ubiquity. One of the early ways they did that was by literally being on any device. And Amazon started kind of following that footstep where they said, you know, they're on a ton of Blu-ray players. They're on the Roku, you know, they're, they're on a ton of different devices. Um, so a lot of TVs have it built in and, and that's good because their content is frankly, not just their catalog content that they're spending a lot of money on, but their originals, you know, transparent is fantastic. You know, they spent $250 million to get, uh, you know, all the, the top gear guys on board, which was a really smart play. You know, they bought Twitch, you know, which, which, uh, means that Twitch apps, you know, are, are pro- at some point probably I, I could see Twitch stars maybe bringing some of their content to Amazon instant. You, you never know. Right. Um, but they also are in this hardware business where they're trying to make a uh, hardware play. And so they announced last month, they said, well, we're going to stop. They, they sent out an email to um, sellers and said, resellers basically saying, we're no longer going to carry the Chromecast or the Apple TV. And as of, I think it was like October 27th or something, or October 30th, like we're going to remove all those listings from so our store. So as not to confuse customers, quote unquote. Right, which uh, is BS uh, because yeah. they're, they're, their rationale. <laughs> That's but, crap. It is That's such crap. crap. Well, it is yeah. a weird thing because they claim that we don't want to be on platforms that don't have our apps. A couple things with that. One, um, you know, there is an iOS app that supports AirPlay and it actually supports AirPlay the right way. The way Amazon has worked its instant app for iPhone and, and iPad has worked is 
a lot of AirPlay apps will just mirror the content to the Apple TV. Um, the way the Amazon app works, it's a lot more like Chromecast and that it'll actually send the signal over so you can watch like in full HD, you know, um, TV shows and still do other stuff on your phone and still navigate through the menus mm-hmm. on your phone while you're watching the content on the TV. It's actually like a, a good AirPlay app. So they've got good AirPlay support already, which still works, I, I should add. Um, but if they wanted Chromecast support they would just have to add a line of code. Like Chromecast, the whole point of it is is that it doesn't have an app store. So you can maybe semantically argue that, look, maybe they don't know if Apple would accept the the, the Amazon app or not, although I bet Mm -hmm. Apple would. Of course Um, they would. Maybe you could think that that they don't want to, you know, Maybe Apple would would say, well, if you want to sell content, if you want to actually sell for purchase or, or rent things, then you have to give us a 30% cut. And then maybe Amazon would just be like, okay, well, then you have to be a Prime Instant subscriber or you have to, you know, you can only access the things you've purchased or the things you subscribe to. You can't rent and, 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 and buy content. Okay, fine. Fair enough. That's how it works on the on the current iOS apps, right? So they could have that same experience. But even even if you want to go to their kind of thing, which is like, oh, well, we're not built in and pre-installed, although at this point, nothing is pre-installed on Apple TV. You know, you download the apps. Um, then um, I, I could understand that they might be able to be like, well, we don't know if Apple would accept us. But Chrome, the Chromecast is totally different. So Amazon and Google have a much bigger beef over the whole, uh, that goes way, way above and beyond uh, Chromecast, frankly. Um, so... <laughs> The way, you know, Amazon kind of forked Android and and they have their own app store and they have their own apps and how their apps, they actually do finally have instant video apps available for Android. You can't actually get those from Google Play. What you have to do is you've got to go to the Amazon website, download their specific apps and then download, you know, and, and get the instant video stuff that way. Here's the thing. And I heard this directly from Google. Just because they don't support Google Play services and just because they're not in Google Play does not mean that they couldn't still support the Cast SDK and support Chromecast. It would have no bearing on it. Like that's like fundamental. Like they do not have to be in the Google Play store to support the Chromecast. That's an open um, – it's, it's, it's actually it's, it's a, 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 an SDK. It's an API, whatever, that they created with, uh, with Netflix. A lot of um, different devices support, you know, cast protocol. They would literally just have to add a couple of lines of code into their Amazon, their existing Android app, and you could send the, the content directly to um, a Chromecast. So it's BS when they claim – that, you know, Google is like, look, we're not even asking you to put your apps in our store because mm-hmm. we get that you don't want to be in our store because you have your own store. Fine. Keep your own store. Keep your own stuff. But if you want to add Chromecast support, you can do it and we're not going to stop you. We're not even going to make you install Google Play services. Like it's a ridiculous, cool. like mind warp. And this is, it, and I love Amazon as a company, but this is them being petty is what it is. Yeah. That's why they have a reputation. It's the most evil they, they, of they, all well, the tech it, companies. It, it, it's, yeah. it's them being petty. And I think it's honestly going to fire, it's going to misfire because yeah, it's going to, it's going to, the Fire TV 2 is a good yeah. device. The Fire TV stick is a good device, right? These are not bad set top boxes. But the Apple TV and the Chromecast outsell them and are going to continue to outsell them. Uh, the Chromecast, because it's um, $35 and and the Apple TV because it's Apple and because a lot of people are in that ecosystem. So Mm -hmm. you're depriving people like me, like you guys, like a lot of our listeners who happily pay their $125 or whatever it costs a year for for Amazon Prime and um, would like to get that content on their Apple TV without having to use AirPlay. Like I would like to be able to have, to be able to search for Scandal and have that show up along with Hulu and Netflix. Like 
you know, I would like to be able to watch The Good Wife that way too. Like there are a lot of programs where it now makes me as a consumer, it's crappy because this is the one area where if I have a, a Roku or a Fire TV too, then yeah, I see that Amazon content and they have a great library. Um, yeah, but, they but do. The exp- it makes me really mad because one of my favorite shows, 24, you know, Amazon bought them. They, they took did. it off uh, Netflix. And, Ugh. you know, I have a lot of the seasons purchased already on Apple TV. But, you know, I have to either buy all these seasons over again on Apple TV or I have to like go over to my PlayStation and watch them. You or, know, it's or, just or, it's anti-competitive. It nonsense. is. Or, or really in fairness, or, or or you can airplay from your app, from your phone or, or your um, iPad. Yeah, but that's a pain in the ass. It it's is, but it's a lot easier. It is a pain in the ass, but but it's a lot easier than it used to be. And I do have to say with the new, you know, dual core 64 bit processor, I do have to say airplay is, tr- is significantly better. All right. But you're not wrong. You know, Christina, as we're closing this out, I have to say one of my favorite novels is The Puppet Masters by Robert Heinlein. In in that novel, they have a technology where this the 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 protagonist takes a drug that slows down his perception of time and then they just play the player back blasting information into his brain at four times the speed. And that's what it's like being on Rocket with you. It's like information going straight into my cerebral cortex. Yeah, I'm smarter. I feel much smarter now. Than Honestly, it's awesome. Yeah, literally, I I am at 48 minutes on my. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, three topic show. It's fine. No. Yeah, no, no, we got so much info. You're awesome, Christine. Well, this is great. Yeah, you are. A Sorry, guys, for talking too much. No, no, no. no. I, saying, love I, I I couldn't talk about anything like that it amazes me how much information you Brianna have. let me I, tell I you about yeah. Assassin's Creed Syndicate yes, I want to hear about this I want to hear about this no we, we got to talk about the poop emoji I think that's the next the next big thing the poop I don't understand that at the story okay oh, so oh. uh uh, if you've if you're on Twitter, you've probably noticed that they made a change this week, making the platform no. fixing all the unfriendliness of the Twitter platform. Like it is now a safe space for everyone. Uh, it, it's a delight to be on, and it's all because instead of the fave star, we now have a heart with a, a little animation that goes. It turns pink and then it explodes as if you're it's punching adorable. It. it is. I love it. Pretty I precious. It. It's. it's a, I find it a little distracting. <laughs> I think yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, because it's so cute. And the whole time music, I'm like, yeah, that's great. I love that. I don't know. I'm pretty cute too, but I don't get distracted by looking at my selfies all day long, Brianna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you should, Simone. You should. You should. You should become unemployable from doing that all day long. <laughs> well, Why I can't do, you think do I anything for Pixel Kid now. Yeah, I've got to. No, um, I mean, guys, can I be straight with you? Like, what I found so I don't really like straight about people, the, so the, no. the outrage about this story. <laughs> oh God! Is yeah. you know ever since you know, Jack took over, my the ability of Twitter to respond to like my death threats daily has really gone in the the crapper since they fired a whole bunch of their staff. So <laughs> like their batting average went from like nine and ten, and currently it's like one in ten again, Ooh. which is not good. And like every Everyone I know is like freaked out over this. And like, like a lot of people, sometimes I will hit a star and favorite something because I want to go reference it later. But 99% of the time, I'm just trying to say, hey, thanks for saying that nice thing about me. I'm hitting star because I can't reply to everything that people send me. So I don't know. Um, it, It seems to me that 
over in the game industry, we have a process where, you know, we, we kind of take ourselves out of it. And often, like, the longest, hardest core players are the exact kind of people you don't want to listen to. Right. Because they already have hyper amounts of information and they just wreck the process for a new consumer. The fact is, Twitter is hard for people to get into at first. You know, the favorites button is confusing. I can very clearly see that. The the moments feature is like helpful for giving showing people the news value of Twitter. And I am I am genuinely mystified by all the anger that I see. I don't know how you all feel though. <laughs> I I am pretty mystified by it in the same way that I'm mystified when Tumblr explodes when pe- when they change yes. things on it. Oh my god! Oh, it's people hate change. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It I, doesn't I don't matter. feel like the heart. I, the main complaint I've seen is that it changes the tone of my my faving. I don't think uh, it does. Thank it you. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make you, a difference for me. No, no. I'll tell you exactly why. I just because think it's ugly. But go on. Right. No, you're dead on. And maybe it is. I like the animations, but no, people are like, there's this whole sub language about faving and there's hate faves and sarcastic faves and faves in the conversation. And yes, there is. There's a whole sub language around favorites. I get it. You know what? Maybe 10,000 of us total, maybe, maybe uh, care. And the people who care are media Twitter and wannabe media Twitter. Those are the people that care about these little myopic conversations. Regular Twitter users don't care. And the reality is, is that no matter how you've been using faves, whether you want to bookmark it and you're saying, oh, well, a like isn't really a like because I don't want to connote that I like or love this because maybe I'm just hate liking or whatnot. You can still be passive aggressive with your hearts. It's fine. But the reality is, is that if you favorited something, since favorites are public, as long as you know, your, your activity is public, um, people are read it as an endorsement regardless. So it doesn't matter why you're favoriting it. People read it as an endorsement, period. You can claim that you've got all your like little like passive aggressive ways of, of commenting on things. And that's fine. But for most people, they're they're viewing th- yeah, that action as an endorsement, whether it's, uh, you know, you being um, a jackass or being genuine or wanting to save it for later. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think it's a semantical argument over nothing. And I, I'm with you guys. It's like. We have better thing. We have bigger things to argue about. But, yeah. but, but I do think that Fusion's Chrome extension was the most genius thing ever. This is the most important thing. Uh, Fusion found a Chrome extension that replaces the heart back with the the star that we're all familiar with. But they added something much better, which is the ability to turn it into the poop emoji, which <sighs> is it. the best emoji, as we all know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with. I, that I was going to say I, I like the taco. <laughs> Taco's okay. Um, eggplant is controversial, but I like eggplant. The eggplant. I love what the are eggplant. you talking about? All eggplant, all day. <laughs> but the he's so happy to be there, though. He is like, so look happy at to his be there. Little face. Like, okay, my top emoji right now are skull, poop, flames, thumbs up, another skull, that weird little moon that's looking off to the side. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means, but I like the skull a lot. Skull's pretty no, good. No love for the burrito emoji. No burrito. No burrito bur- here. I am all about the tacos, Brianna. I know. It's good to say the burrito also (laughs) looks weird because it looks like a vegetarian burrito. And really, who has time for that? Oh, my God. Honestly, (laughs) screw that. You know, we had Chipotle clothes in Washington and Oregon. And ever since my life has been a desert wasteland. (laughs) Well, well, honestly, it's a good thing it's clothes because it's (laughs) otherwise you might like have. I'd be using more poop emoji than before. I was going to say, I was like, I was like (laughs) between Chipotle and Qdoba, between like typhoid fever and E. coli. It's like I'm never eating a fast casual Mexican ever again. I'm going back to Taco Bell where at least I know it's horse meat. But damn it, it tastes good. 
<laughs> it's not fair, Christina. It's not fair. Oh, oh gosh. I think we should have a special uh, emoji episode. Of we really it, should. We go Just go through everyone and, and, and analyze the, it in yeah, depth. Analyze the meaning. Christina analyze can probably tell meaning. us like everything about the history of the emoji and its previous yeah, iteration. Yeah, I can actually. I can actually. I genuinely can. I've written a lot about it. I'm not going to get into it, but I've I've written a lot about that. So yeah. It, yeah. Well, you are the the writer of the the yellow emoji are not racist yes. article, <laughs> right? Because I had to. I, I I'm also the writer of almost every article on Mashable that explains how the, the freaking like uh like um ASCII what what's 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 it called the Unicode convention works and how it's having to explain having to explain how how Unicode how the Unicode consortium works and how emojis are decided on being made and how the fonts are chosen and and, oh and all that stuff. I've written thousands of words about this stuff, you guys. It's ridiculous. Wait, Christina, I'm doing a Google search. Christina Warren, yellow emoji, not racist. <laughs> I think we talked about that because article on the show. I we did. This polemic. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, stay tuned for a very special episode of Rocket. Now, do we want to touch on the gem movie and how disappointing <laughs> how is, how is, it is so disappointing that none of us have even pirated it? We can't pirate it. Let's be very clear about this. I've tried. Um, you guys can you guys can pretend like you're above this. I'm not. And and it's not on any of the popcorn time clones. It's not on anything. Why? Because literally no one has seen the movie. It, it's made no money. Like we are your friends, which flopped hard. Hard, hard, hard. I love that movie, by the way. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay, that is movie that the Zephron one. Uh, I was one yes. of four people that saw that movie. I was gonna say. So. I was gonna say that one made more money than the gym movie did please everyone go watch girls like girls by kaylee kiyoko thank so you because actresses can get some because they're some so well good deserved attention because they're so good that actually made me sad after we watched that video and 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 i we squeed over it uh when you weren't here one one week brie um I, I i i didn't know how i'd gone like a long time without talking about it with simone and we squeed over it i was like almost hopeful that mm-hmm. the the movie would do okay because clearly like the girl who plays um uh, um, the sister, um, Kimber, Kimber, um, is super cute. And, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, Haley Kyoko who plays, uh, Asia is, is super cute and very talented. I was like, well, I have hopes now. Lies. Yeah. All lies. lies. All... Just like the Facebook teleporter. <sighs> so, so, I mean, why do we think this movie flopped? I mean, for me, it, it seems pretty obvious. Like they oh, took yeah. the gem out of gem. They took the gem right? out of gem. Like, they took... Everything like you can't. There's no, no nostalgia. I There's no nostalgia. But, to, yeah, yeah. I I understand trying to to modernize a tale. And generally speaking, I I appreciate artistic efforts to bring old things into the new. Like Star Trek 2009, I think would be a really good example where they right. twisted the formula around, Brilliant. put a little bit of an interesting spin on it. It really, really worked. I'm not opposed to doing that mm-hmm. at all. But, but Leonard Nimoy was still in it. Right, right. And and here they are they, you can't like turn Jem from you know this story about being on stage and holograms and synergy and you know music company like corruption with the mm-hmm. misfits and turn that into a freaking thing about YouTube and finding out that family is the real important <gasps> thing you just right. can't it's if not, you're, no, you can't make yeah. something so deeply earnest it has to have right. the kitsch it has to it have does. something Precisely. That, that doesn't make it just like shoving bubblegum in your face. Right. You know? No, exactly. And it's like, and, and as we said when we first watched the trailer, you know, it looked exactly the same as um, the, the 
frankly underrated film, a film that crashed and burned really hard at the box office, but did so much better than Jim and the Holograms, which was Josie and the Pussycats. That at yes, least was a movie. fun... I do too. But that at least was had a sense of humor, was a wry kind of satire and commercialism, and was funny, but it was basically the same plot as what this one, uh, what Jim seems to have been about, but it had the self-awareness that the Jim movie doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And my big thing with it is... I understand if you want to modernize it, like you guys are saying. But let's be very let's be very clear. The only people who care about the franchise are people who were old enough to remember to watch it, right? right. Yep. So if you completely right. cut out that entire audience, and they did, they cut them out completely. If you don't, if you're not staying true to any of the origins, if you're not staying true to some of the songs, if you're not staying even winking and nodding about some of the things, and and that's, that has nothing to do with like you know making Eric Raymond Erica, because that's a fine change to make. But like if you're not going to at least like give a little bit of a wink and a nod for the people who are going to maybe bring their kids or would go to see it on a lark. Like, what are you doing? Because and the only people who care about this, you know, cartoon, let's be very right. clear, it was a cartoon made yeah. to sell toys, toys that were not that successful. Yeah. The, the cartoon was more successful than the toys. Justin Bieber's manager uh, as a wink to uh, not at all, not at all the crowd that would be going to this film no, had it because, been more like. Exactly. Because the thing is, is that that would almost be funny if it were self-aware about the fact that, oh, look at how manufactured he is because Scooter and Usher built this kid and like took him from YouTube and like made it look like it was, oh, we found you and you we plucked you from obscurity. No, this was all a very carefully crafted way of getting money from young teen girls. Like if they did it a meta commentary on that, which of course they wouldn't because that's just not the sort of movie that John Chu <laughs> would make, then that would be one thing. But like they didn't. And so, you know, like I, I don't yeah. – not only that, but I think like the reaction was so terrible to the trailer that they stopped doing any marketing at all. And it was funny yeah. because um, John Chu, I think the director – spoke at like an indie wire like conference oh, like literally that. literally, like, like, literally the day after like oh. sunday so, so so on sunday oh. like right after the, the numbers are out there he's supposed to be talking about how successful you know this movie was going to be and he was like well it's not a great day so this is gonna be a f-ing interesting speech and um uh, mike uh, 101 30 but that was uh uh, actual quote so, so anyway um so yeah. that, that was a pretty you know this is a this, this might be pretty effing interesting and and he was right and but not only that but uh um uh, uh bloomhouse uh who's been really like heralded for doing these really low um budget films that have been able to have kind of you know um, viral marketing and then make a ton of money at the box office yeah, he spoke too like the, like two days after you know that it, it just bombed and said you know, we weren't concerned about Jim. We figured that's definitely going to make its money back. That's definitely going to be fine. So they didn't put anything into it. They just assumed that the nostalgia would carry it, not realizing no. that they totally no, misjudged they the nostalgia. because they betrayed all the nostalgia. Exactly. All of us were Nobody looking at that it. and saying, this is going to be a and, train and, wreck. And exactly. Bloomhouse, Bloomhouse, when they do horror movies, I, I see every single horror movie that comes out no matter what, in the theater. And they, I'm, I'm not going to tell you they haven't, they've, they've made some mistakes this year. I think the quality is not where it was two no. years ago. Agreed. But generally speaking, they have speaking, a great track record. They, they have a good product. You know, I think, like, this discussion cannot be had without talking about the Gem and the Holograms comic. Yeah. Which I think is, I, I'm just saying, purely as like a businesswoman like analyzing what works what doesn't here and you know fair warning i i know every a lot of the people that work on that staff but they they took the core of it 
And let's be really clear. Like if you did a straight translation of the gem dolls and the gem cartoon, it would not hold up. The designs were somewhat inspired, but it was all kind of the same. And they took it and they twisted it, right? Like they made Kimber, um, you know, gay in this version. You know, they had radically different body types. The designs were much, much, much more interesting. And the characters were much, 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 much deeper in the comic books. So they took this core of it, stayed very, very true to what was fun and adventurous about it, and, and, and really came up with something that spun off the original concept, but, you know, like tweaked it a bit, right? Like really good translations, they have to tweak it. And that's what this did badly. Like it made it worse. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. And it's just such a shame that they didn't look to the, I mean, the freaking rebooting of the comic to think about what would work in film and what is interesting right. to a modern audience. Yeah. I mean, or, and, and again, to go back to like, the, the, they had talented people. You know, you look at the girls like girls music video, you know, and you see that yeah. these, you know, you listen to the, the obviously like Kaylee Koko like can sing really well and she can obviously write music really well and so you look at that and you're going okay you've got real talent here and they have a social media following and they have this other stuff why not have them involved in promoting the movie mm-hmm. they didn't even do that mm-hmm. so even if you can't get the nostalgia out there at least put these really talented pretty young girls like you know what i mean get them on the internet have them talking on youtube totally. try to get people it's excited such a bad about it sign that they stopped marketing it after the first trailer <laughs> because they weren't oh. expecting people to have backlash and everybody rocked talk about how terrible it was and so they were just like okay well we'll just pretend like this didn't happen well you can't do that like at that no. point what you got to say is okay we've clearly screwed up and the diehard fans are never going to appreciate us and now we just got to try to get new people in the door and try to convince them it's a compelling movie and that means taking your talent who by all accounts everybody who's in it seems to be talented right like so Mm -hmm. like have them do youtube chats have them do like periscopes have them do something try to engage with people like i don't use the social media that the tweens you're trying to market to exactly use snapchat and like makes this stuff go viral the whole point of the movie is that this girl uploads stuff to youtube and it goes viral and she becomes an overnight sensation Mm -hmm. so why are you not using that platform to try to sell your movie maybe it's because you don't understand millennials how we think Uh, Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, we are crunching to get our 60 out of the door. Mm, uh, so I'm working on that a lot. Um, I'm heading off to San Francisco uh, early next week uh, for some really get to uh, judge some startups, which I'm, I'm very, very mm. excited about. And uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of media stuff this week. I'm going on the BBC tomorrow, which I'm very psyched about. Yay! Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Christina? I'm currently looking at the the cake that the Cara Delevingne got for um, Kendall yeah. Jenner for her birthday, which is amazing. <laughs> um, so that's my life right now, basically. Um, and uh, I'm I'm working on a bunch of articles about a bunch of different things, including an Apple TV app roundup and some other oh, nice. uh, tips and tricks things. So that should be up by the end of the week. And basically, kind of a you know it, because more apps keep coming out every day, so I keep putting the the roundup back. But that'll be up at the end of the week about you know my 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 picks for for best apps and games for the Apple TV. That's awesome. Oh wow! Please, I I want to see that. So wow, awesome! It will exist on the internet. I know, right? <laughs> Wow. I'm doing the Toys to Life guide for the holidays. I, I should sound more excited about that. I'm doing the Toys to Life guide for the holidays. Yay. So I, I'm like sinking myself into Skylanders and Disney and Lego Dimensions again. 
Um, but honestly, literally all I can think about right now is Assassin's Creed Syndicate and like getting all those collectibles so I can see all the cutscenes and um, oh then God. being consumed with worry about the Jack the Ripper DLC that's coming out. Because they like honestly, I feel like I'm living a fever dream. They did so good with this game. I'm just waiting for someone to come along and like kick me in the boobs and be like, "It's a dream, Simone." Assassin's Creed killed all the people you love, which I'm honestly convinced is going to happen. But I'm not letting myself truly, truly believe that. Um, so we'll see in December if I am still living after I finish the Jack the Ripper DLC. <laughs> it wouldn't be a rocket episode if you didn't make it weird at least once. Apparently, so I have a gremlin inside me thank now, you. so thank that's cool. That. That's, that's new great. and exciting. That's great. Um, if I don't, if I don't get a chance to play Assassin's Creed in between Tomb Raider and you know, now you've got me buying Call of Duty, <laughs> like, are we still gonna be friends, um, um, or, or are you gonna come you just like get not, your cane out? Okay, you just won't be able to talk to me anymore. Because I'll, I'll okay. you'll be like, so here's what I'm up to, and I'll be like, that's nice, Brianna, but did you know that it says it's crazy? I went to my my friend Braxton graduated from Cornish last night. He's a, a music composer. He does he composed the score for an upcoming game called Bacon Man, and he's wonderful. He is also responsible for Pokemon Reorchestrated. So he finally nice. graduated music school. I know he's so cool. I love him. Um. And I'm sitting there at this recital being like, I literally can't talk to anyone because I, I'm capable of making two conversations right now. One is, hey, have you played Assassin's Creed Syndicate? And the other is, oh my God, have you listened to the Hamilton musical? And oh. I am just not a lot of fun at parties right now. So The Hamilton musical is so good. Yeah. Have you listened, am... Brie? Have you listened to it? I've not. Okay, you I have like to. It's amazing. Okay. I will make that happen this Because week. seriously, it's, it's, it's hip hop. It's so good. It's like one of the best, like original cast recordings i've ever heard it's so good like the last mm -hmm. time that i heard mm -hmm. anything that transcended broadway in this way was probably when duncan cheek did spring awakening and oh. this is so much this is like on another level of that it's so good yeah yeah i'm <laughs> it's like genre twisting it's amazing it's like got history and like hip it's so good it'll make you cry there the whole playlist is it's on apple music actually but then um the, it's also on there's a playlist on youtube where you can just listen to it as i did and it's, and on, it's on spotify and Spotify, nice, cool. Uh, that's my endorsement for things. Um, yeah, cool. Where can we find you online, Brianna? Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Cool beans, Christina. Um, you can find my loquacious ass because I realized I talked like the <laughs> entire podcast, so this makes no. up for me not being on last week. I'm sorry, I guys. I don't want you to feel bad about you that. I want you to feel freaking good about that. Okay. No. All right, like, I was. I swear, this is the truth. I'm sitting here. I'm going. Wow, I'm really tired today. Good thing Christina's got this show. <laughs> we need to like come up with topics so like Brianna and I can carry the show, and then I'm sure Christina will suddenly reveal that she is an expert in both of them, <laughs> and then we'll be grateful because she'll reveal things about them that we never understood or realized. <laughs> I love you. I'm trying not to make fun. If you are uncomfortable, I no, will stop. No, but I, no I, seriously, I you, you are yeah. you, your encyclopedic I mean, you're knowledge. I actually reviewed it. I just read your review. So I, love you I love you guys. I love you guys. Talking about it, right? I love you guys. You should so play much. Assassin's Creed yeah. Syndicate and then talk to me about it. All right, I will do that. I I'm talking that. to Christina, but, Brianna. God. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, 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 right. But you can find me at film underscore girl. Nice. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. And if you actually do want to hear me talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I have an article going up uh, next week on Remeshed about Evie's uh, character, not character design, but characterization and how she exists in the game as a woman, as one of 
I think the best female characters that I have ever experienced in a game. And I don't say that lightly. Um, So please uh, check that out. I'll probably talk about it when it comes out. Shoot that over to me. I will promote the frack out of it. I freaking will. Um, I'm really excited about it. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you haven't rated us on iTunes, you should totally go do that. Um, Drop a few stars in the bucket. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Terminated. Terminated. Terminated.